What is going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me, as always, is my podcasting partner, Paul. Dilly dilly! And welcome to this episode of Fanning the Flames, your one and only Phoenix Suns podcast that is made for the fans, that is you guys, by the fans, that is us. You sound, like you're, you sound like you're going to say something right there. A little bit of an interesting day. Okay, calm down. Slow down. No. Slow down. No. As always, intro and outro music presented to you by Oceans Over Airplanes. Check them out on oceansoveraplanes.com. Okay, Paul, you were saying? Some interesting happened. day. Some things happened related to the suns today. Right. Well, yeah. Some things did happen related to the suns today. I think most importantly, though, we all have to acknowledge the fact that Josh Jackson cut his hair. There's also a new hat. Did you see the draft hat? No, I have not seen the draft hat. It's eh, but it's a draft hat. They're always like, kind of eh. Mm, okay. Are you going to get it? No. Okay, well then. <laughs> <laughs> so Josh Jackson cut his hair, and there's a new draft hat that Paul's not going to buy. And You're more of a hat guy than me. Anyway. I am more of a hat guy than you are. And I, I feel like, let's talk about this Josh Jackson hair thing really quick, though, because it <laughs> bothered me a lot. <laughs> I what a lead off. I, well, I, <laughs> leading off with the the C plot. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it scares me, and and I made a comment about it on Twitter, and and somebody had tweeted out, "It's not like he's Samson." Samson. I'm a little concerned about that. Maybe he is. I don't know. We'll find out. But uh, regardless, it seems like the sons. Granted, Al- Alfred Payton is not necessarily a son. Well, he still technically is, right? He cut his hair. Josh yeah, but Jackson that was actually hair. affecting his vision. Right, but I'm just, but still, it's just like apparently that's a thing right now. So okay, let's 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 get off of Sun's hairstyles and get on to got a solid fade. The bigger <laughs> and greater news, which is wait, you know you can buy his fro, right? Like He's the one, the one he cut off his head. Yeah. Really? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, that's something I actually have zero interest in buying. Which yeah, I don't buy human hair. I, I, not often, at least. So. I'm going to officially christen June 6th as DeAndre Ayton Day here in Phoenix, Arizona. Maybe his number should be 66. That would be sweet if he wore 66. I guarantee you he won't, no. but that would be sweet. So uh, the big news coming down today, DeAndre Ayton had his draft workout, his pre-draft workout with the Phoenix Suns. It, it was phenomenal. According to McDonough, I believe. I don't know that he said phenomenal. I read phenomenal. Did in you read phenomenal? Somewhere. Maybe he did say phenomenal. Then I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see that. I watched the press conference, but I might have just glanced over that and not paid attention. But there certainly weren't any negative things that were said about it. Uh, he worked out for the Suns on a one-on-zero, if you will, workout the, the, uh, for the about an hour. Dra- um, uh, I was. I was about to say Dragon Banner. I'm like, no. Um, Who's the guy who busted between LeBron and uh, Darko Milicic? The the one on zero workout. Can we not <laughs> use his name in the same breath as DeAndre Ayton's name, please? Please show some respect, man. Put some respect on his name. Sure, let's do that too. So <laughs> worked out for about an hour. Um, I'm sure a lot of people out there listening watched the draft or excuse me watch the press conference of McDonough perhaps watch the press conference of DeAndre Ayton as well and there are four things that I I looked at and I took out of it just initially Uh, there are a lot of other little things that we'll go through but first of all there was apparently a big turnout of Suns players at DeAndre Ayton's uh, workout which 
I get it's not unusual for Suns players. They they have their morning thing, and then they they have the draft workouts going on later in the day, so it's not unusual for them to be there. But and there's a lot of guys in town, right? But what what McDonough said was that Booker, Jackson, Chris, Bender, Knight, Isaiah Cannon, and he said probably a couple other guys that he wasn't pulling off the top of his head right there, sat through and watched DeAndre Ayton's workout. Second, McDonough pointed out that the guys, those guys and Ayton are getting together and watching the NBA Finals game tonight, uh, which I thought was interesting because obviously there's already a connection that's brewing there. Um, Third, and this came from DeAndre Ayton himself, is that he's not going to be working out for any other teams. So one workout and he's done. And fourth would be the fact that DeAndre Ayton said, point blank, I know I'm going number one. And when pressed on a little bit, he said it was just his own belief, wasn't anything the Suns had said to him. But I don't know, this kind of gives me a little inkling that he's got an idea as to where the Suns are thinking here. Those are all solid points. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, What I just, I personally want to put out there right now is, and I've said this before, I am... With regards to the Aiton Doncic debate, I am agnostic. I like both players. Mm-hmm. I think both players would be very good on the Suns. I tried to be Switzerland in Suns Twitter on this situation because I did not want to go into the situation of being able to draft the number one pick and being disappointed. Sure. By it. I did, I mean, obviously, if we drafted Anthony Bennett, that's a whole different situation. But can we in this stop? situation, can we stop? <laughs> Let's you rule the rest of this podcast. <laughs> We are not allowed to mention the names of any horrible, horrible busts. Okay. Okay. I feel like your 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 pessimism is coming out, even though you're not intending for it to come right. out. So let's let's tap the brakes, bro. All right. All right. Okay. Done. Done. Okay. Continue, so, if you can. With that with that point being, this draft has been talked about as it's a very strong draft, but at the same time, those two guys are either. Different different pundits would have one above the other or both pretty equal. So I'm confident that whatever player the Suns get, they're going to get a good player. Sure. And so I'm really annoyed by a lot of the talk online mm-hmm. where it just seems like it's either my guy and the other guy's going to be a bust. And like that's just how it's coming across and that's not how we should be looking at this. Yeah, he may not be the guy you want. He may not be the guy you think is the way the NBA is going, which is because that's the argument right now a lot with choosing Doncic over Aiton is we're going to a very switchy, you know, guys who are six seven rangy mm-hmm. kind of way. I don't know if that's going to be true going forward. You look at those those NBA players that are under twenty five right now. That next generation of stars that are coming up. A lot of those guys are big guys. You got Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, I think Anthony D- Davis was considered in that, but I think he just turned 26. But he is still, you know, the lead star of that next generation. You've got Joel Embiid. Ben Simmons is up there. I mean, yeah, Ben Simmons is kind of switchy because he's a 6'11 point guard or whatever he is. He's still He's still big. a huge guy. Um, Jokic. Um, Nurkic, even. There's a lot of big guys out there. And that next generation... That's who you're going to have to defend. That's who you're going to have to play. We're not in a situ- We're not going to be in a situation in come next five, ten years when these guys are going to be in their primes, where we're looking at a situation where centers can't be on the court because 
they're just played off because it's a bunch of like six, seven wings playing the game. It's going to shift back. We need to anticipate that. And, and I think what you'll see, and we're already starting to see that, and I agree with you mm-hmm. there, uh, is these bigs, these quote-unquote centers, are going to become more of those nebulous-type players. You know, we're talk, we, we talk about the positionless NBA, and I look at a guy like Aiton, and we'll get into this probably in more detail as we continue speaking here, but he's a guy that... He's used the Shaq and Kobe analogy with him and Booker, but, they're very but different it's players. not like he's going to play like Shaquille O'Neal. No. He's more athletic. He isn't a strictly back-to-the-basket, playing-down-low kind of guy. And McDonough brought it up during his press conference today. He said that Aiton shot the ball from three very well. Very comfortably. Very comfortably. You're right. That's what he said. And, you know, he, they asked McDonough, did anything surprise you? throughout the workout, and he said nothing surprised me in a negative way, but he was surprised by how comfortable Aiton was shooting that three, and that's something that, frankly, I've been saying since I started trumping for Aiton, and and that is that we haven't scratched the surface with this kid yet, and he has the ability to take the ball and shoot it from the outside. He has the ability to put the ball on the floor, but he just never really had to do that at U of A, and I think as he continues to develop, at this point, I'm quite certain with the Phoenix Suns that those skills are just going to continue to improve and we're going to see that he's a guy that has the ability to step out has the ability to guard as well because I think again that he can develop into an excellent defender I won't go to, I won't throw the word elite out there but excellent defender in the NBA with the right with tutelage good. sure you know because we don't have even good defenders on mm-hmm, the Suns right mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. but yeah, I I agree with that. I think um, he will be a player who can be that centerpiece. I think, you know, I was tweeting back and forth with somebody on Twitter today about it and started talking about Carl uh, Anthony Towns. And when he came out of Kentucky, he was kind of looked at as kind of a one-note player, you know, because that Calipari offense or system, you look at it with Booker. Booker was a sniper. That was it. Nobody knew he had the rest of his game. Cat was the same way. Mm. He was he was a post player. Nobody knew he could stretch out to three. And we know coming out, Aiton has these skills. He flashed them. So where Cat's offense was a surprise and his defense was actually a disappointment, I think we're in a situation where we can run it have something similar where um, that defense may be a surprise because just the, he was pl- kind of playing out of position at, at U of A. He was playing more four when he's really, truly a five. But, you know, he had, they had I don't know, I don't watch the U of A. I you don't should. Pac-12 network. <laughs> and You can find it. Eh. <laughs> it's not that important to me. Well, you're an ASU guy. Basketball really shouldn't be that important to you because I'm a USD guy. (laughs) Same, 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 uh, (laughs) same, same comment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, one of the things that Aiton said during his press conference too that kind of gets to 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 your point and my point is he mentioned the the one on one attention that he got during the workout. He said the one on one attention was amazing, and he learned a lot from uh, from Kakoshkov and the other coaches during that. And he kind of alluded to the fact that this is what it's going to be like in the NBA. I'm going to be doing this full time. I'm going to get a lot of focus from these guys. And that type of, uh, 
you know, daily focus oh. on basketball, daily tutelage from guys who know what they're doing, hopefully, uh, is going to, I think, help improve him both offensively and defensively. And obviously we've spoken at nauseum about how his offensive game is already refined. I think it's only going to improve. And again, that defensive game is going to improve. He, he made the comment during his press conference that he wants to anchor a team offensively and defensively. He wants to be, excuse me, Dunna said that he has the ability to do that. Aiton said he wants to be the best two-way player um, in the league. So those are obviously high expectations. Will they be met? I'll be honest, probably not because that's that's a, that's a high <laughs> high high bar to set. Yeah, it's been but <laughs> but at the same time, I think he get very close to that. And he was asked during his part of the press conference about the perceived weaknesses that he have that has that being shot blocking and uh, defense in general. And he brought up kind of what you were talking about, Paul, and that was he was playing out of position a bit in college. He was out on the perimeter a lot, guarding smaller players which is going to happen in the nba obviously yeah but when you're not focusing on that that much there are going to be you know uh, obvious and apparent weaknesses because it's not something that a guy that size is used to doing especially you know coming up through through the high school and aau ranks and whatnot now he also mentioned that when he was in college he never really played defensively down low and particularly didn't play defensively down low against anyone where he need to focus himself down there. So the way U of A's defense was set up, it just didn't, what's the word I'm looking for here, didn't allow him to kind of show what he's going to have to do in the NBA. And get the reps. Right, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, there there's obviously going to be growing pains, but I mean, I think he can be a starter day one, and, and he should be a starter day yes. one. And keeping... It would be it'll probably be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if the Suns may, if they choose to move one of those expiring salaries, whether it's Dudley or Chandler this year. Mm-hmm. It's more like I think at this point it might be more likely to be Dudley, just because sure. they don't want to keep Chandler around. Because as a defensive center, he can may, maybe Aiton is that player who will actually learn from his tutelage, right? More so than some of the um, Len. Than, Chris or Bender or even Alex Len in the past couple of years. So, I mean, you know, they're both, I mean, granted, all of those guys were, were high picks. So, including, including Chandler. So, right. But I don't think any of those guys we looked at with the adoration that we look at DeAndre Ayton with, at least not, I didn't. Right. No, no. Yeah, no. Both, all three of those guys were in drafts that were much less touted. This draft, there's you know clearly seven, eight players in that top half of that, mm-hmm. in that top part of that draft that are all really, really good and expected to be something in the league. Obviously, you know, just the history shows that one or two of those guys may not live up to expectations. Mm-hmm. A couple of those guys, but at the same time, you that you have drafts like I mean, I don't want to compare this to 2003 at all. Where don't remember have, what. Okay, go where on. you have four of the top five players are Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. I don't think that ever happened before. But it's you know, this is a strong draft. This is for the first time in a while. Well, not actually not the first time in a while because last year they got we were able to draft high and in a pretty solid draft as well. But to be able to draft number one in a actual strong draft, mm-hmm. it's nice. It's not like we 
the last couple times where we had higher picks, we also happen to fall in a year where the players you get to draft are not, you know, don't have the upside, don't have, or even the the floor that um, I feel like Aiden has. Sure. And um, I just totally lost my train of thought. I was going to say something, obviously. You're welcome. It's what we do. Um, we can cut this out in post. Yeah, probably a good idea. Probably won't. <laughs> probably won't. Yeah, that seems like a lot of work to me. Uh, that's that's off-brand. Well, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, w- one thing that Aiton said, and I want to get your your thoughts on this, and then I have another follow-up related because it's related to Aiton, but I want to get your thoughts on this. He, uh, somebody during his, his portion of the press conference said, you've obviously said you, you believe you're going to go number one why do you believe you're going to go number one? What state your case for being number one? And he said, I'm the best competitor in the draft. I won't say I'm the best player, but I am the best competitor. And he went on to talk about his motor and his desire and all of that stuff. What do you think about him coming out and saying, I'm not going to say I'm the best player in this draft, especially in light of the most recent professional sports draft that we had being the NFL draft and, um, uh, Rosen's comment about how teams made nine mistakes in front of him and how much flack he got for that. But I think there's a certain, a certain expectation yeah. that professional athletes like that are going to have that level of confidence. hubris, if you will, or confidence. Um, but did that come across to you in any sort of negative way? And I don't know if you actually saw that quote or heard him say I, it. I did, I, did, I did see that quote. I didn't actually physically, I didn't watch the, watch the press conference. I read about it, read the transcript. But I did see it. I mean, I, I like that there's a little bit of humility there. Reading my notes, aren't you? <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to the extent that, um, you know, he didn't want to say he's the best player because, um, you know, He's very much being compared to Luka Doncic, who is competing for that number one spot. You know, there's other guys like Marvin Bagley who put up arguably better stats than him. Mm-hmm. At over at Duke, Jaron Jackson, Mo Bamba, all guys, these guys who have other skills um, that he, individually, like they may individually be better than him in certain areas, but he may be from a totality between offense, defense. Um, you know, coming out to the perimeter, playing down low, et cetera, be on the level better than everybody else. Right. But it's just, it's nice to see that, I don't know, just in general, everything I read, the few clips that I did see, he plays the media really well. Oh, he handled himself <laughs> amazingly well during that press conference. Absolutely. And, you know, from my perspective, I think guys coming out and saying I'm the best player in the draft is just such a canned thing to say. Right. And one thing, and I don't know if this went into his thought process at all at all or not, but there have been whispers about, you know, he doesn't show intensity. Somebody even during the, during uh, the, the questions directed at him asked if that had anything to do with, you know, his background from being from the Bahamas and it being kind of a laid back uh, country and whatnot. Or just and, the heat in Arizona just gets to you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I kind of wonder if he, knowing that those whispers are out there, felt like that this is what people need to know about me. And by all accounts, you know, Sean Miller um, came out. I think it was Sean Miller said in an interview. So at U of A, they have a, I think it's a, I don't know, a red jersey or something like that that 
the player who is showing the most effort throughout practice gets to wear, uh, uh, you know, the following practice or for a week or whatever the case Talking might about be. Practice? Yeah, exactly. Practice? He, apparently, DeAndre Ayton not a game. The opposite, Allen Iverson. <laughs> but DeAndre Ayton had that jersey every single week last season for U of A. And I mean, on a team that has a couple of other draft prospects, has or had high-level recruits on that team, and that had veterans on that team, the fact that a number one recruit who was going into last year's college season expected to be a high draft pick and obviously is going to be a high draft pick, and who came with the fanfare as he did to U of A, was the guy who had the you work hardest, hardest in practice jersey on every single week of the season, I think that's telling. And I think DeAndre Ayton, in what he said in his press conference today, is basically backing that up. This is me. This is what I do. This putting is putting it out bring. there for yeah. those who are unaware of it. Yeah, so, but I'm with you. I think it, it, the, 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 the fact that he showed some level of humility through it all mm-hmm. while handling himself, like we said, very well during that press conference was... Uh, was very positive because it, it, it shows the character. I mean, you, right. you've got guys that have talent but might not have the character. Right. I, I, mean, I don't know why this just popped in my head, but look at NFL example, Josh Gordon. Yeah. All the talent in the freaking world, and a dude can't find his way on an NFL field because he loves weed too much. Although I saw a picture of him today. He's apparently like in phenomenal shape right now, and if he keeps himself clean, that dude's going to be something else. But... Different, different topic for a different podcast. That'll be on my on my Cleveland Browns podcast that I don't do. Yeah, you know, oh, and sixteen. Well, they didn't have Josh Gordon, so they did not. They did not have Josh Gordon. But yeah, I mean, and that is to say, if for somehow this ends up all being a smokescreen, and we draft Luka Doncic, <laughs> I'm going to be more than happy with that too. I would um, be. I would be shocked as well. I mean, after today. I mean, I definitely would put my money on the idea that they're picking DeAndre Ayton. But if for some reason something happens, something changes, and on we're, we're surprised on draft day, like the Cleveland Browns movie. I never saw it. I didn't either. Okay. Nobody did. Well, <laughs> good reference then, Paul. Thank you're you. You're welcome. Moving on. Um, and Luka Doncic becomes the pick. Hey, even if somehow like Marvin Bagley comes in, and he blows the Suns out of the water, or even Mo Bamba. I know, I know Mo Bamba has had a Mo Bamba is a guy who's saying he's the best guy in the draft, and that's what you need to do when you're like when you're Mo Bamba. I I, I have I I'm, I'm about as low on Mo Bamba as you can be, and maybe I'll be wrong, but I probably won't be. I mean, Mo, to me, Mo Bamba is a very one dimensional player, and the Suns don't need a one. Di- well, one side of the court, we don't right? even need to have this conversation. No, we don't. We can stop. Okay. Um, I guess you kind of delved into this a little bit already, but can we basically conclude at this point that DeAndre Ayton is going to be the number one pick? And not only with his statements, but, and we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, the fact that they actually had a formal press conference for him afterwards, that, that struck me as a little odd. I know they do the interviews afterwards and they'll post those online and whatnot, but they live streamed a press conference for DeAndre Ayton. I mean, right. I, I, I was waiting for McDonough to walk over with his rookie contract and have him <laughs> sign it. He's like, here's your jersey, number yeah. one. While you're even here. Though it's a, even though Booker's number one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so 
but I mean, you, I guess you already said you can put money on it. I, I don't see any situation where he isn't the number one pick. I mean, Marvin Bagley can come in and do a amazing workout. I, I still think that the Suns, the signals to me that they have their minds made up. Well, and I'm I mean, fine with that, obviously. You can look at it that way. The other way you could look at it is just from the standpoint of, in most other years, the Suns haven't done a lot of this press conference stuff. But that kind of makes sense because where they were picking, there was so much variability in who they may be picking that going down that route, trying to tip any kind of hand, wasn't really in their favor. Mm -hmm. They control every single card on the board right now. So they could have a press conference for gender and hey marvin bagley comes in they may have a press conference for that's him what too. i was just gonna say it'll be interesting to see if they do that for any of these other guys that come in right yeah if they don't do that for any of the other guys that's it's a wrap but i don't know if somehow like luka Doncic shows up and they have a press conference for him it's a whole different story that one might even be attended by more people <laughs> just because I, I almost feel like they kind of have to have a press conference for the other guys now that come in as as potential number ones, you know? Possibly, yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Like I said, it'll just be interesting to see what happens. Because they've got more coming in this week. That's what McDonough said. Yeah. Uh, through Sunday. I'm not sure. I yeah, don't think he said specifically bag, who or when. Bagley, but Bamba, Jaron Jackson. I thought I thought McDonough opened the press conference in, in, Porter, in, in a... In a uh, very McDonough-y very, very, very McDonough-y and very appropriate way. He, he, asked, he asked everybody that was there, he goes, oh, nice of everyone to be here. I, why weren't you guys here last week when we were working out a bunch of guys that we might pick at 59? Which got a little, a little bit of a chuckle from, from the crowd. Yeah, yeah. So one thing, too, okay, last thing with what Aiton said, okay, maybe second to last thing, was when he was asked about who he tries to model his game after. And, right. you know, he's mentioned the Shaq thing before, and I've seen some comparisons thrown out there, but he brought up he, KG. That's an interesting choice. Go on. Well, I mean, just from the standpoint that, I mean, KG was an all-world defender. I mean, yes, he was a good offensive player, but he was arguably top two defender in the history of the NBA. I don't know who would be number one, but he is so good. You don't want to commit to one, though? No, I don't know who else would be in that, who the other guy would be in that conversation, which is why I said top two, because there might be somebody I'm forgetting. But, I mean, he is so excellent at defense. And for a guy who the weakness everybody knocks him as is his defense, mm-hmm. that's a very interesting comparison to make about yourself. And maybe it goes back to his, his whole comment about how he is the hardest worker the best competitor in the draft, and he wants to improve himself, or at least the perception of himself. Everybody incessantly. That would be interesting because he's been a very low key guy. Also, <laughs> he, he's like, well, I really got to take on this this uh, KG start, start persona. Shaves his head backwards so it gives a little like Velcroitis, so he can wear like <laughs> half a hoodie. Is that what KG did? You, you, I, not, you, I did not know. You that. need to like you need to start watching uh, uh, Area Twenty One on. Uh, TNT, yeah, KG. Whenever you see pictures of him re- nowadays, he wears like 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 thin like like t-shirt style like hoodie right. shirts. But like he always has like half his it's just sitting on like half his head. Interesting. And apparently the way that does that is because he shaves against the grain, so it leaves just enough stubble to cause friction for it to stay up there. Hashtag science. Wow, learn something new every day. Learn something new every day. Okay. The last, you know. last thing maybe on Aiton here. 
And that is, he obviously mentioned that he's not working out for anyone else. It's not uncommon for, for players, draft prospects, to say, I don't want to work out for a team. Right. Uh, and I did a little little research. And when I, I say think. research, I mean I Googled it, and I found an article from last year on The Ringer and took <laughs> most of it from that. But, I mean, we look back last year, Lonzo Ball didn't work out for the Celtics, and we all remember everyone's favorite non-workout which was Josh Jackson and the Celtics also last year when Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens were on a plane flying from Boston to Sacramento to see him work out and apparently while in the air got a call from his agent saying, oh, he doesn't have time. That might be my favorite Ryan McDonough move ever because obviously he never said it, but God, we all know that McDonough was behind that. And I think that was a genius because... I obviously was very high on Jackson and still remain very high on Jackson. Um, 2015, uh, Porzingis refused to work out for Philly, and then Philly ended up drafting Jalil Okafor, even though Jalil Okafor also did not work out for them and told them specifically not to draft him. That didn't work out very well. The one time that I was able to find in this article (laughs) when a number one pick only at least as of late, only worked out for one team was uh, Cat back in 2015. And he initially didn't want to work out for either of the first, the, the two teams with the first two picks being the Wolves and the Lakers, but eventually decided to work out for just the Wolves and obviously got drafted by the Wolves. So maybe that's a little foreshadowing there. And I'll bring up one more because I thought this one was interesting and a little painful as well. And you'll see why here in a second. And I didn't realize this, but Steph Curry... Back in 09, way back in 09. Remember when the Suns thought we had Steph Curry? Yeah, that was that was a... Imagine if Twitter really existed. I think it technically existed, but it didn't exist. Right, right, right. <laughs> imagine Facebook probably blew up with it, though, right? Um, but he did not work out, refused to work out for the Warriors. Yeah, the Warriors were trash. Worked out well in the end for the Warriors. And not they for have Monte Ellis. Right. Um, and... Steph Curry and his team, if you will, really wanted him to be a Nick, apparently. So I, I, I thought that was interesting that he refused to work out for the Warriors, ends up getting drafted What's by them the anywhere, Nick? and then apparently Steph Curry did. Well, it was, it was 2009. They weren't that bad. So, But at any rate, I think just looking at that history, again, it's not uncommon, but the one time that I was able to find it being a situation with the number one draft pick, uh, that guy ended up going to that team. So again, perhaps that's telling when we start talking about where the Suns are going to go with this pick here in two weeks. Two weeks. Mm-hmm. Get excited, Paul. Get excited. Yeah, it's, uh, it's coming up. It's coming up. So, okay, let's take one minute here and delve onto a different subject. And that is what I like to say every time I have stolen, we have stolen from the solar panel but not so much stolen from the solar panel, guys, but just taking their lead and appreciating our listeners and our fans, all ones and ones of them. Right, Paul? And, uh, halves? Halves and halves. We'll, uh, I want to give a shout-out to one of the folks who has recently rated and reviewed our podcast on Twitter, excuse me, on iTunes. And this one comes from Boyd Crawley, who, hopefully I pronounced it right. I feel like I should be Crowley, Crawley, Crowley. I'm going to say Crowley. Anyway, um, Boyd, Boyd's a good dude. We interact with him a lot on Twitter. And he says, my favorite son's podcast, 
Justin and Paul, keep me in the loop back here in Brisbane, Australia, in case yeah, you're wondering. We, we got we got two fans in Brisbane. We apparently, you know, we're big in we're big in Australia. That's what it is. I don't I don't know why, but anyway, shout out hi, to Roth. Hey, what's up, Roth? How you doing, buddy? And uh, highly recommend. Great listen with three little Phoenix Suns emojis afterwards. Uh, five star review. So Boyd, thank you very much, bro. Much appreciated. And you know, he actually had a screenshot this and sent it to me because apparently if you have people rating and reviewing in other countries, you don't get to see it when you look at it in here in the Or in the we States. just don't understand how it works. Well, I'm pretty sure it's not that complicated. <laughs> I think I got it figured out pretty well. I mean, you just look at the page, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe we have. Maybe other, there's like a drop down that you like have to look change at. Change your country, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe we have other like ratings and reviews from like Cambodia or something. Who knows? Canada. Don't know why Cambodia was the first country that popped in my head, but it was. Is Cambodia still a country? I don't know. I just remember. The, you ever hear the Dead Kennedy song "Holiday in Cambodia"? No. You should listen to it. Everyone out there should listen to it. I guarantee you, ninety-five percent of the people probably hate it because Dead Kennedy is very uh, abrasive. It's not abrasive. It's just a different sound than what we're used to these days. But at any rate, again, different podcasts it's made for with different real time. instruments instead of like just a keyboard. <laughs> Absolutely real <laughs> instruments. And and little little fact for you, Paul. You probably don't know this because I can tell you're not a big Dead Kennedys nope. fan. <laughs> Lead singer's name. You ready for this? Jello Biafra. Best name in the history of the universe, as far as I'm concerned. Spell that one. Jello. Jello. J e l l o. Like how I sang it a little bit there too. Okay, so that's that. Thank you very much. If you guys are listening out there, hop on iTunes, give us a review, rate us, and uh, perhaps next time we will read it on our podcast. If you're not in the United States, feel free to DM us and send us a screenshot because apparently, again, that's <laughs> the, the DMs only way are see. open. DMs are open. Okay, Paul, what do you want to talk about? Um, do we want to talk about a couple options? Don't ask me. I just you tell me, bro. No, do it. I, I'm, I'm gonna throw out some options. Okay. And I'm trying to give you some control here. I don't want control. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> we can talk. We can talk about assuming that Aiden is the pick. What the Suns are gonna do with the rest of the offseason? What we want them to do? Or do, or. We can talk about the craziness that is the Brian Carlangelo situation. I like that. Let's talk about that because <laughs> I feel like we covered the the Aiton if Aiton gets picked thing. We did yeah. that a couple podcasts ago, yeah. and uh, I don't know. We're just gonna say the same stuff. We'll probably say different stuff because I don't remember what we talked about, frankly. Yeah. But let's, or we might say exactly the same stuff. We could. <laughs> we're not very creative. Um, yeah, let's talk about the Colangelo thing because that is quite the yeah. What the f. <laughs> I think you summed that up quite well. So, you know, I, it, it's I, obviously a weird, crazy situation. There is a awesome Paul-level conspiracy theory out there about it, which I'm sure you saw. But if not, oh, I'll go into it. Why don't you, why don't you, why don't you indulge, <laughs> indulge us? Why don't you give us your thoughts, Paul? Tell us what you think about Brian Colangelo or, well, his wife. <laughs> whatever. I don't know. I just... Sometimes the this is why I don't talk to my wife that much. Just first of all, I'm just gonna say that. How, how many how many burner accounts do you have? If I if I told you that, I I, I don't want to tell you. That. You know that guy you've been arguing with on Twitter all night? That's me. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of weird because we were in the same room and you weren't on your phone. Oh, I've got 
<laughs> You've got I, ways I, and means. I have I have no explanation how I would do that. But I've got a my burner account also has a burner tweeter. <laughs> Boom. Nailed it. Okay, go on. But you have them pre-populated, ready to go. Because you know, I know you, I know you so well. <laughs> All right, but yeah. Anyways, it just sometimes it just boggles my mind because we see it, we've seen it so many times. In the last couple years, just the internet is undefeated. You can't mess around with this stuff. You're gonna get caught. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is probably one of the most unique circumstances of it. And I can see, I can see the idea. We already know that players have burner accounts mm-hmm. after the KD situation sure. from earlier this season. But for a GM or a coach or a family member of that of one of those to have burner accounts and trash their own players mm-hmm. is just insanity. And they got busted because they defended his callers. <laughs> that's craziness. I mean, I know this is the Philadelphia 76ers and they're not the Suns and this is a Suns podcast, but being that the Colangelos are at least Jerry is Suns royalty. Brian is He was here. He was here. He he made he made some good moves. Yeah. He helped create 7 seconds or less. I don't think you need to explain to people why there's a connection, Paul. I think right. if, if you're no. listening to this podcast, you probably yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah. Touche. I don't know. Some of those guys in uh, Brisbane, they may not know the true history of the Suns, came in a little late. I feel like you, you, don't, need to, you don't need to insult them like that. Come I'm on. not. I'm just educating. But it's just, it's such a <laughs> weird story. It's so fun to watch as an outsider. I'm so happy I'm not in the middle of it. It's and, nice to see there's a dysfunction out there that's not here in Phoenix. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's nice. Well, I don't want to say nice, but it's interesting to see just kind of how NBA Twitter reacted to it, how NBA players are reacting to it. I mean, some of the stuff like Joel Embiid just owns Twitter mm-hmm. and he ran, responded to this perfectly. I Did you see today he had a, he posted like sip? Like, have you seen the, the meme of, Kermit the Frog drinking tea? No. That's like like a meme of like, I'm just going to be over here drinking my okay, tea while gotcha. you're on, on your bullshit over here. And he's just like, sip. <laughs> yeah, Embiid's Twitter is quite phenomenal. Yeah, it's easily easily one of the best in the NBA. But I mean, when you're looking at a situation, I mean, this is, this is the NBA. It's a player's league. The players are the currency. The players are your product. You don't fuck with that. Agreed. And if there's you, how are they going to bring him back? The craziness is that they're they want to keep him. I mean, I know obviously Jerry has a lot of sway there, and he's trying to save his son's job. But I mean, you're looking at a situation where if if they come out and say he's staying, I wouldn't be surprised if you see some of those players go, "I'm going," and then you. You've got guy. You got Embiid on the market. You might have Simmons on the market. Everything the process was could be out the window. In because this guy's wife was trying to defend him and just made a wrong choice on how to do it. Made 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 five multiple yes. <laughs> five, 
five times however many tweets that are out there. Yes. Yeah. Um, the I, I think from that whole situation, my favorite tweet out of all of that was the one where she made a comment about other executives and whatnot just being trust fund babies. And it's like, <laughs> you, you, who, you, who's, 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 who's Brian Colangelo's dad again? If How did Brian Colangelo get a job in the NBA? If there's a trust fund baby in the NBA, and I'm not saying he is, but I'm just saying if there is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's the bus family. Are, are, but, but is what Jeannie was involved with it, is she still involved? She is. But she's not. She fired her brother. That's right. I forgot about that. She's not the. She's the president. Well, well. Let's let's put it like this then. There's, at least at least they're all within the same like realm. You know what I mean? Well, they were until the whole firing of the brother thing. But, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 the worst possible example of a pot calling a kettle black. I think if if she's complaining about other NBA executives being trust fund babies. Right. That's my point. So conspiracy theory that came with this. Okay. Okay. I'm surprised. I'm all down for conspiracy. I know. I'm surprised you didn't hear this. Maybe I may have, and I just not realize this. So the 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 whole Colangelo thing could end up forcing Colangelo out, right? Right. And that would mean that they need to find somebody to fill his role, right? Right. And who's a free agent this summer? Kind of big deal. What's his name? LeBron James. LeBron James. Yes. And is there an executive out there that LeBron James has a very good relationship that is currently looking for other employment? Sam Hinkie? Try again. <laughs> Dave Griffin? Yes. So, Colangelo gets forced out, and then it they replace him with Griffin, and then they get LeBron. This also, I think, came out before it was discovered as his wife, but still. Still. <laughs> Still. Maybe his wife's in on it. I don't know. He was... Um, it makes sense. I don't know if LeBron to the Sixers is the best move for either the team or him. But, I mean, at the same time, it's LeBron James. And if he wants to come to your team, you move mountains to make that work. Yeah, I don't see if if, if he goes knocking on the Sixers' door. I don't see them I'm saying, saying no. Nah. nah, we're good here with a guy who can't shoot and a guy who can't... Who has trouble staying on the floor? Which one can't shoot? Ben. Okay, just checking. Mar- <laughs> well, two guys can shoot. Markel Fultz. For, he, he, not that he can't shoot, he just forgot how to do it. But yeah. apparently, he's he's rediscovering yeah. that. I, I hope he does because I, I I like Markel Fultz. But but yeah, I mean that that would be an interesting move, definitely. But I honestly, I'm just more interested if like some crazy like one of those guys is like I'm out. I can't trust. Right. You guys move me, and they haven't made a decision yet, right? No, but it I don't sounds see how like they're they can, leaning that's towards trying to keep to him right now because the they're taking the position that he was unaware that his wife was doing that. Okay, but the problem are is they, are they conditioning? She was voicing his opinions, right? Are they going to condition his uh, his staying on a divorce? Maybe like I see that. His wife's not allowed to have access to computer technology. <laughs> I like the divorce thing better. It's a little more extreme. That's what I would do if I was. See, we tried, but he wouldn't divorce his wife to keep his job. Um, no, I, I, I can't. It's 
to me, it's a no-brainer. you got to cut ties with the guy. But, you know, I'm not the 76ers owner or other management-level employees, so... One of which being his own father. Right. Maybe Brian Colangelo doesn't want to be there anymore. He's hoping... Maybe he told his wife to do it, hoping he would get fired because he just wants to chill with all of his trust fund money. Maybe. So, have you ever watched NBA Desktop on The Ringer? No. You should. It's hilarious. It's okay. awesome. It's only like, it's YouTube, seven minute videos, comes out twice a week. Okay. This last one, because this story broke, they had this joke where as the episode was going on, uh, Jason Concepcion, who's the, who's the host, they kept making his collar bigger and bigger and bigger. Because <laughs> Brian Colangelo wears psychotically large collars. Yeah. <laughs> I never, I, I don't get that. Never got that. I don't even know where you get shirts like that. Custom. Because, of course, you're custom. <laughs> How do you tell the tailor? I want my collar to come up to my earlobes. You know, you, you know you know, what collars usually look like? Yeah, yeah, I do. I want four of those stacked on top of each other. You know those pictures from, like, the early 1900s where the collar was just, like, straight up? Right. And didn't even fold over? I want that, but with the fold. You think Brian Colangelo, like, sat around one day thinking, I need to make, like, a fashion statement. What can I do? Or, Huge collars. Or did... What, does he think he had too long of a neck? He's trying to hide it? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Who knows what's going on under those collars, right? Okay. So, off the 76ers. But remember, as Paul so eloquently explained, there is a connection to the Phoenix Suns there, in case you don't know that. <laughs> hey, I, I got you, foreigners. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Paul, anything else you'd like to discuss here this evening? I'm good. All right. Well, in that case, I guess we will go ahead and wrap up this episode. Careful. We, uh, we'll probably be back here before the draft. And then, Paul, have you committed to Summer League yet? You asked me. That means you're committed, right? I, mm-hmm. I need the approval of the, the wife. Why are you asking me? Then you're just teasing me? Being because like, I want to know if I need to ask for the approval. Yes. What? <laughs> Come on, man. Just making sure. Come on. I, I want to go. I definitely would be down. All right. Well... Hopefully we, we make that track, and if we do, we'll we'll uh, give we'll our little that up inside. Again. I mean, I, if if the Suns take eight, and I feel like we can't not go. Right. That's the only downside. If the Suns were to take Doncic, which again I don't think is going to happen, he wouldn't be there. Right, because he's been play, he's played so many damn games right. over the past year. He needs the rest. Exactly. So we'll be around. We'll be around here this summer again. We check in every now and then. Leave the uh, regular pod up to the. Mm. Solar panel guys and the guys over at Locked On. But once the season starts, we'll be back rolling. We like to just check in every now and then, make sure you guys don't forget about us entirely. Now that I put that out there, now that we've said what we need to say, happy DeAndre Ayton Day, everybody. Remember, June 6th next year, we'll celebrate again. Unless they don't take them, then we won't celebrate. Maybe we'll still celebrate. Why not? Hey. Um, As we watch him on the Kings. Yeah, exactly. Oh, jeez. along with their other 17 young big men that they have up there. Mm. Uh, But anyway, as always, folks, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. Hop on iTunes, rate, review. We'll give you a shout-out when I remember to do it. And until next time, depending on when you're listening, have a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. What's up?